Brian Stelter. Uh, I want to end with the words of the head of that Jewish refugee organization, uh, the one that was attacked and criticized by the suspect in Pittsburgh. He said, the problem here is hate. The problem is there is a growing place in this country for hate speech. And hate speech always leads and turns into hate actions. That's what we're seeing over and over again. That's what we all need to reflect on and address. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here this time next week. of hate. A gunman storms a Pittsburgh temple, killing Jewish congregants gathered for the Sabbath. This is the most horrific crime scene I've seen in 22 years with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. A horrific attack motivated by bigotry and anti-Semitism. The mayor of Pittsburgh will be here. Plus, terror by mail. An accused bomber charged with terrorizing people whom the president has criticized. President Trump blames the media. Unfair coverage, deep hostility, and negative attacks. Should he turn down his harsh rhetoric? We'll talk to one of the bomber's targets, Democratic donor Tom Steyer, and the president's former communications director, Anthony Scaramucci. And consumed by violence, a week of horrible, hate-fueled attacks. As the country approaches a critical election, can the nation's political leaders help us heal? Hello, I'm Jake Tapper in Washington, where the state of our union is utterly devastated. 11 innocent people were brutally murdered Saturday when an anti-Semitic gunman opened fire inside a Pittsburgh synagogue, turning a peaceful place of worship and hope into a crime scene of death and destruction. The gunman, armed with a semi-automatic assault weapon and at least three handguns, stormed the sanctuary, shouting anti-Semitic slurs. Two police officers and two SWAT officers were wounded in the confrontation. One FBI official called it, quote, the most horrific crime scene he had ever seen. Today, the alleged gunman is in custody and facing 29 federal charges, including hate crimes. On Saturday, President Trump denounced anti-Semitism and called for the death penalty. This evil anti-Semitic attack is an assault on all of us. It's an assault on humanity. It will require all of us working together to extract the hateful poison of anti-Semitism from our world. The brutal slaughter in Pittsburgh ends what has been a hate-filled week in America. A mail bomber terrorized former presidents and others whom President Trump has singled out for criticism, including CNN. And a shooter targeted and murdered two African Americans in Kentucky after trying and failing to get into a predominantly black church. All of this in the days before what has been described as likely the deadliest attack on Jews in the history of the United States. Joining me now is the mayor of Pittsburgh, Bill Peduto. Um, mayor Peduto, thanks so much for joining us. And I'm so sorry that it's under these circumstances that we're talking. Yep. Thank you, Jake. We saw so many of your city's residents coming together for that very moving vigil last night. I know you personally knew some of the victims. How is Pittsburgh coping? Uh, our heart's broken. Uh, we are a small city. What affects one community affects all of us, and um, right now I would say that there's a shock that is over this city. Uh, but, you know, Pittsburgh is a strong city. We are uh, a people that have a strong resilience, and we will get through this. I know the investigation into the shooters moving forward. His motive seems obvious from his social media posts, but 
What have you learned from law enforcement about why they, you know, as they try to figure out why this happened? Well, the investigation is um, obviously continuing right now. The, the social media posts uh, were discovered early while the situation was still ongoing. Um, it seems that the motive is very clear, uh, that he had sought out this one synagogue because of activities that uh, they had done working with refugees and immigrants, and that uh, his message of hate uh, was against our Jewish community. We've learned a lot from the shooter's social media posts, um, which are just vile, the anti-Semitism and anti-immigrant sentiment. Were authorities aware of any of these posts prior to this horror? And, and do you think authorities should have been aware of them or made aware of them by people at the social media companies? Absolutely not. There was no information on this actor. There was nothing to uh, create a red flag or an alert to something uh, that would be um, any type of uh, illegal activity, let alone something this horrific. President Trump spoke out and condemned anti-Semitism after the attack. He says he's heading to Pittsburgh. Um, were you satisfied with the president's response to this massacre? Well, uh, right now our concern is really with the victims' families and with those that have been injured, including our own police officers. Uh, the president's uh, assistance in having federal officials coming to Pittsburgh and having FBI officials from around the country coming here is really what we've been concentrating on. In addition to the 11 killed, obviously several individuals were very seriously wounded, uh, including police officers. How are they doing? was able to visit with one of the officers uh, yesterday. I'll be visiting with two of the other officers this morning. Um, with the officer that I visited, his spirits were high. He was one of the two SWAT officers who were uh, wounded in the gunfire. Um, he actually had his artery severed uh, and could have been much, much worse if it weren't for his partner in placing a tourniquet on him at that moment. A rifle and three handguns were recovered from the scene of the shooting. Do we know anything about these, these firearms? Were they purchased legally? Uh, is there anything in, this, in the shooter's background that should have prevented him from being able to purchase them? Yeah, right now there's a combined effort on law enforcement at local, state, and federal level. Uh, part of that investigation is on the firearms that the individual owned. Um, there's no new information at this time, however, over uh, whether the uh, firearms were obtained legally or illegally. We often hear after mass shootings, um, you never think it could happen here, you never think it would happen you know, in our neighborhoods until it does. Um, what message do you have for the rest of America, the rest of the world watching right now, um, when we don't know where something like this could happen again? Yeah, let me just explain it to you this way. I, this was my old city council district. I represented this area and worked in the, the community for 19 years before I was the mayor. I live five blocks from where I'm standing right now. Three blocks from here is where Fred Rogers lived. This is literally Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And when you think about the hate that is out there and you think about the ability for irrational behavior to be empowered to do something like this, we really have to think about whether or not 
what we need are more guns to allow irrational behavior to continue or whether we need rational laws to make sure that it ends. Now, Pittsburgh is a very strong city. We are strong people and we are resilient. We've gone through a lot of things in the past and we'll get through this, but mark my words, this will be a new mark in a discussion that needs to happen in this country with people that are pragmatic in finding solutions to problems. Mayor Bill Peduto, thank you so much. And again, our deepest condolences to you and to the city of Pittsburgh. Thank you, Jake. Joining me now is Congressman Adam Schiff. He's the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee and has been outspoken about rising anti-Semitism around the world. He's a Democrat from California. Uh, Congressman, thanks for joining us. So you're the top Democrat on House Intel. Have you been briefed on this attack on the Tree of Life Synagogue? And is there any information you can give us on motive beyond the obvious anti-Semitic hatred that this man was filled with as evidenced by his uh, social media uh, posts? I have received preliminary briefings uh, and very much in line with what we heard at the conference that the the full belief is that this is the lone shooter. They're obviously going to chase everything down to make sure there's no continuing threat uh, to anyone in the community or in the country. Um, And it certainly appears that anti-Semitism was the dominant motivation, uh, as is often the case, social media provides the best window, but apparently he was also shouting anti-Semitic uh, slurs uh, during the attack. Uh, so his motive seems pretty clear. The president condemned the shooting and anti-Semitism in very stark terms uh, at an event in Indianapolis yesterday and on Twitter. Uh, are you satisfied with how President Trump has responded to this tragedy? Uh, I'm not satisfied um, in a couple of respects. First of all, I don't think you uh, blame the synagogue uh, for not having an armed guard there. Um, that's not the answer. We're going to have armed guards in every church, every synagogue, uh, every uh, movie theater, every concert venue. Uh, we can't have, have armed guards everywhere. That's not the answer. Um, but more than that, what's fundamentally unsatisfying about what the president has to say is you cannot preach division uh, 365 days a year. You can't stoke uh, people's animus towards uh, the other. Uh, you can't vilify Um, people coming to the country as murderers and rapists. Uh, And then on the day tragedy strikes, um, sound a different note. Uh, It just rings hollow. And that to me is the problem. Uh, It's not what he said yesterday. It's what he says every other day. It's I want to get to that in a second. But let me just drill down for one second on the armed guards uh, part of this, because um, I I heard from a friend of mine uh, Saturday, who was at a bar mitzvah and texted me in the middle of it, a bar mitzvah in Los Angeles, uh, your hometown, saying that LAPD came in uh, and the synagogue, I believe, has armed guards regularly anyway. Um, this is not to blame the victims, but are we not in a world now where synagogues, mosques, other places need to have armed guards? Well, you know, it, it certainly feels like that today. Um, but can that really be the answer? Is every house of worship now going to have to be armed? Um, and of course, it's not just our houses of worship. Uh, you saw this man, uh, after going into a church unsuccessfully, trying to get into a church, uh, shoot two African-Americans in a store because he couldn't get into the church. Are we going to have armed security at every store, every concert, every other venue? It just can't be done. That's not the answer. The answer is it to, to spread more firepower around. We've got plenty of firepower. Uh, I think part of the answer certainly is responsible gun safety legislation, but part of it is also changing the climate that we're all living in. Um, We all have a major role to play in that. Uh, But 
you know, the, the person with the biggest bully pulpit right now is the president of the United States, uh, for better or worse, and it's mostly for worse. Uh, and the way that he continues uh, to divide us, the way that really his whole political strategy is about division, um, creates a toxic climate, a climate that is just sulfurous. Uh, and, uh, and that has got to change. And he's not going to change. It's part of his constitution. We're going to have to change it, all of us. Uh, we're going to have to take on this project uh, without his help. And uh, he, he just doesn't, doesn't fundamentally understand that the job of commander-in-chief is to make us a more perfect union. So we are going to have to take that on. And I think we will. Uh, I always come back at times like this to something Bill Clinton once said. There's nothing wrong in America that can't be cured by what's right in America. Defenders of the president point out, A, he's a strong supporter of Israel. Uh, B, he had, you know, Ivanka converted to marry Jared, and he has three Jewish grandchildren. Uh, and C, they point out that this shooter, this deranged anti-Semite in Pittsburgh, uh, had several social media posts in which he blamed President Trump for being too cozy with Jews, controlled by kikes, as he put it. Apologies for the language, but it's important people know what this guy said. Um, how do you see this incident uh, in, in that light? Well, first of all, having Jewish children or grandchildren or support for the government of Israel isn't a license to traffic with people who are anti-Semitic. Um, it doesn't give you carte blanche. Uh, and more than that, once you, once you put this bile into the um, bloodstream, you can't control it. Uh, yes, this, uh, this shooter thought Trump didn't go far enough uh, to keep Jews out of the country, to stop Jews from infiltrating the invaders. Um, but he also believed, this shooter also apparently believed that Jews were funding this caravan. Uh, and so when the president and, and supporters of his or people around him attack George Soros and say Soros is funding this caravan, they are trafficking in a well-known and historic anti-Semitic trope. You think that those who attack Soros are, are being anti-Semitic? I do. I do. Uh, you know, not all of them. But there's a reason why he's being singled out. He's not the he's a major donor of the Democratic Party. He's not the biggest donor. He's not the only donor. Uh, it, he's not being singled out because of his height or his uh, uh, eye color. Um, he's being singled out because he's a symbol. Uh, and for those who are in the, the, the world of white nationalism, he's a profound symbol of of the, the Jewish conspiracy, the well-funded Jewish cabal uh, of bankers and others that are controlling the country, that are polluting the purity of the, the American bloodstream. Congressman Adam Schiff, thanks so much for being here on such a horrible day. We appreciate it. It could have been so much worse. A suspect arrested for mailing at least 14 bombs. One of his targets, Tom Steyer, will be here next. And President Trump condemns hate and anti-Semitism after a week of domestic terrorism. How long will the president sustain that message of unity? Trump supporter Anthony Scaramucci is also here. Stay with us. Welcome back to State of the Union. I'm Jake Tapper. The horrific tragedy in Pittsburgh comes as a suspected bomber is in custody after milling at least 14 bombs to prominent Democrats and the media. Authorities uh, believe Caesar Sayak constructed those bombs in the back of his van, which is plastered with pictures of President Trump and his political opponents with targets over their faces, uh, festooned with a carnage collage, as it were. One of those bombs was addressed to billionaire Democratic donor Tom Steyer, who joins me now. Uh, Tom, thanks for being here. We're really glad you're okay. Um, 
What, tell me, um, I want to talk about the bomb in a second, but first, the, the President Trump, in response to this horrific shooting at this Pittsburgh synagogue, issued a sweeping condemnation of violence and anti-Semitism. Um, do, are you satisfied with uh, how he's responded to this tragedy? Well, I think his response to the tragedy is, was appropriate, but there's something much bigger than that going on here, which is the atmosphere that he's created and that the Republican Party has created in terms of political violence. And I think if you look across the political scene, what you see is routine, systematic lawlessness, an attempt to break small-D democratic norms in pursuit of victory at all costs. Mm-hmm. And we see it in voter suppression. We see it in extreme gerrymandering. We see it in the violent political rhetoric, of course, that people have been alluding to all morning. But more than that, we see it in a president who, doesn't, who has been breaking the law systematically as a candidate, as a business person, and as a president. So a Republican would argue, uh, you say that, Tom, but there was a, capital, there was a shooting of uh, Republican members of Congress last year by, a, it seemed, a Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, what appear to be toxic substances or, or hoax toxic substances have been sent to Donald Trump Jr. and his family Senator Susan Collins, that it's not just Republican lawlessness here. What would your response to that be? I would say there has been bad behavior on both sides, but you can't find prominent Democrats, elected officials who refuse to condemn it. You don't find prominent Democrats who are leading chants with violent overtones like Locker Up, CNN Sucks, all the kinds of attempts to play to people's strongest emotions. And I think that everybody on the Democratic side would look at that shooter of Congressman Scalise and absolutely condemn his action, him and anyone associated with him. So I think that that actually is very much of a false equivalence, not that there's perfection on one side and and absolute horror on the other. But we're seeing something that is not at all equivalent where there this example of lawlessness more broadly I know you're bringing it back specifically to actual violence against public figures, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about a much broader systematic attempt to disrespect the norms of democracy, to actually disrespect the laws of the United States, and an attack on the rule of law. And that creates an atmosphere where anything can bubble up and anything is bubbling up. Let me ask you, because House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy tweeted something that, about you, and then he deleted it. Uh, I want to ask you about it. On Tuesday, he tweeted, we cannot allow Soros, Steyer, and Bloomberg to buy this election. Get out and vote Republican November 6th. Make America great again. Hashtag. Now, a spokesperson for McCarthy says that McCarthy condemns this week's violence. And the tweet was deleted before the attack on the Pittsburgh synagogue. I did notice that George Soros is Jewish. Michael Bloomberg is Jewish. You're the third. Your dad is Jewish. Um, Was Jewish. He's dead. Was Jewish. Um, Do you think that's a coincidence? What do you make of that? Look, I have no idea what Congressman McCarthy was in his mind. I can say that his action, I think that the attempt to try and figure out what's in people's mind is a mistake. I think all you can really do is see what they say. And that was, you know, in terms of interpreting what he said, that seems to me like a straight up anti-Semitic move. I think that that is a classic attempt to separate Americans I think that absolutely falls into the category of what I'm describing as political violence. And I believe 
that what we are looking for in America is something completely different from that. And when people say, you know, there's loud language on both sides, I think that is absolutely false, Jake, because what we're seeing is terrible behavior, consistent, systematic political violence from Republicans. And when people stand up to it, then they describe that as strong language on both sides. I would argue that there's a complete difference between supporting injustice, creating injustice, and opposing injustice. And that's actually what we're seeing. Let's talk about the bomb that was mailed to you. Um, Your tweet after the attempted bombing seemed to link the bombing to what you're talking about right now, this lawlessness. Um, You wrote, uh, we're thankful that everyone we work with is safe. We're seeing a systematic attack on our democracy that extends much further than just one isolated terrorist in Florida. That's why we are running an impeachment petition to end the culture of lawlessness in our country. It sounds like you are blaming President Trump to a degree for the bomb that was sent to you. Is that that fair? There's obviously no direct link, Jake, but I'm absolutely associating and blaming him for creating the atmosphere that exists. We've been the reason that we're I've started and have been running an impeachment petition drive is because, in my opinion, he is corrupt and lawless and dangerous. And that the result of that is to change America, to attack the rule of law, and that it's important to step up and oppose that kind of behavior and that kind of atmosphere directly. Now, President Trump, no doubt, were he here, would say you've accused President Trump of treason. You've said he committed a traitorous act of war. You suggested the, quote, nuclear war might turn public opinion against the president, though you, you did take that remark back. What would you say to somebody who says you are creating some of this environment as well. I would say exactly what I said to you a couple minutes ago, Jake, that when someone does something wrong, particularly the president of the United States, it is absolutely incumbent on people to openly oppose him and use constitutional means to do that. And so, for instance, when the president looks at a U.N. report that promises unimaginable suffering to the American people and scoffs at it, That seems to me to be the most abject dereliction of duty that in the history of the of the country for a president to willingly put Americans in harm's way and scoff at that possibility or probability that scholars are saying is going to happen is something where he's absolutely given up his duty as commander in chief. And I think it is really important if we're going to have a more positive 21st century as an American century that we not only oppose what's wrong, but we stand up for what's right. Well, let me ask you, you are one of the leaders nationally for impeachment. You've been running ads now for a long time on TV, uh, traveling the country. Um, I don't hear Democratic leaders in Congress talking about impeachment. In fact, the opposite. If Democrats take the House and do not ultimately begin impeachment proceedings against President Trump, what will you do? Will you work against Democrats? Well, let's take a step back, if I could, Jake. If you actually look at what Americans think and what people who are registered as Democrats think, almost 80 percent of Democrats, registered Democrats, want this president impeached and removed from office. If you ask Americans broadly, Democrats, Republicans and independents, more people are in favor of that than aren't. So it's not as if I'm representing some small part of the United States. I'm representing most Americans. So, in fact, what we have is a movement that is asking for a different America, which is one that recognizes the rule of law, gets rid of corruption and treats every American equitably and fairly. And so if I hear from elected officials that they don't like that, 
I ask only two questions. Are we telling the truth? Are we standing up for the American people in the Constitution? And if they then say it's not politically expedient for us now, I ask the same two questions. And if we're telling the truth and standing up for the American people, we're going to keep going. Because when I, earlier on your show, I heard someone say mm-hmm. that if President Trump really came down against bigotry, he could go through the 50% approval level. Let me make a point. Standing up against bigotry is not something you do to go through the 50% approval yeah. level. You do it because it's the right thing to do, and that's why we're acting. Congre- uh, Tom Steyer, thank you so much. Appreciate your time, and we're so glad you're okay. Jake, thank you for having me. Uh, one of the most important aspects of this week uh, has been President Trump and his response to all of the horrors um, with questions uh, about what kind of environment the president is fostering in the nation. Um, unfortunately, the White House has all but abandoned the daily White House briefing, and the White House declined to provide us with a guest today. So we turned to someone who knows President Trump well, who served at the White House and is one of his most ardent political supporters, former White House communications director Anthony Scaramucci. He's out with a new book about President Trump called Trump the blue-collar president. Uh, Anthony, it's good to see you. As always, this has been a a terrible week in the United States with these attacks on Jewish Americans, black Americans, uh, the the bombs uh, that were sent to prominent Democrats. Um, What is your take? Because I'm sure you hear it all the time. What do you hear? What's your take when when people say President Trump has contributed to this polarized and hateful atmosphere? Not that he's responsible for any of the individual actions, but that he has contributed to a to a, a really ugly period in this in this country. Well, you know, listen, uh, I, I think there's problems on both sides, but I've also been you know, very clear on this. I've, I've said it to the president and members of his staff, and I'll continue to say it. There's no need to have a a war with the media. Uh, you know, as far as I, I'm concerned, you can have an adversarial relationship, but we should be de-escalating this stuff. The president's got a great agenda. Uh, the economic situation is going very well, uh, but you, you can see what happens when you're controlling the bully pulpit and there's this uh, level of bellicosity to the rhetoric. And again, you know, uh, the White House would say, well, listen, it's on both sides and the, the president's just hitting back. Uh, and I understand that. And I think a lot of those tactics helped him win the presidency. But he's now the leader of the free world and he is the number one principal responsible person in government for all people, Jake. And just as you know, uh, he's the only person, the president is the only person that we all vote for. Uh, uh, So for me, I would love to see the stuff dial back on both sides, but good leadership requires that somebody go first. uh, And I'd like it to be him. I think he's a a very good person. As you know, I have been a very strong supporter of his. Uh, I'm not saying that people are perfect. He's certainly not. I, I especially am not. But I do think we could be doing better, and I would like to see that happen, frankly. Yesterday, President Trump very clearly, very unequivocally condemned anti-Semitism, talked about this horrific attack in Pittsburgh. Um, but his critics point out, you know, that he has talked about, quote, very fine people marching alongside anti-Semites in Charlottesville. For days after I'd asked him to disavow white nationalist David Duke, he, he, he declined. Ultimately, he did do it. Um, not Long ago, he met with Ted Nugent, who, you know, is anti-Semitic and posted anti-Semitic content on Facebook in the Oval Office. The president said yesterday that you wouldn't think anti-Semitic attacks are possible today. But there's a lot of anti-Semitism out there. There's a lot of bigotry of all kinds out there. And there has been a tolerance, at the very least of it, uh, by the president uh, and people in the White House. 
Well, listen, you know, the president, uh, the, it, it, he has three Orthodox Jewish uh, grandchildren. You know, when I was in the White House, uh, there's at least three or four offices that have mezuzahs on them. Um, you know, I've, I've traveled to Israel four or five times since I left the White House. Uh, it's not clear to me that people in Israel think that the president is anti-Semitic. If anything, they think he is very pro-Israel and has been incredibly supportive. And one of the symbolic things that he did was move the embassy. Um, so I think there's a lot of substance in terms of the policy that's clearly not anti-Semitic. If anything, it's very pro-Israel and pro-Semitic, if you will. Uh, but if you're making the point that there's some rhetoric and there's some equivocation on the rhetoric, uh, certainly we can go all the way back to Charlottesville, although I think that was a malaprop, frankly. Um, but I think in general, uh, we got to tone it down. And, you know, again, I don't want to repeat myself, but I think it's worth repeating. He's the president of the United States. He controls the news cycle and the bully pulpit, uh, and he could do it. And if he does it, I think he goes through 50% on his a- approval ratings. I think this sort of stuff, Jake, is a headwind on the president. It's probably a five to seven point headwind on the president in terms of uh, where he could be in terms of the polls, based on what's going on in the economy and, and based on how people feel about the country right now, uh, despite this sort of stuff. But, you know, my heart goes out to those people. It's it's an unbelievable tragedy. Uh, and when you talk about the crime scene and you think about each individual person, I mean, you know, it's just it's just we got to figure it out. We have to figure out a way to make this stop. I, I want to ask you about the president's response to the to the bombs uh, that were mailed. Thankfully, none of them went off. The FBI director said they were not hoax devices. Um, the president uh, has attacked the media, um, has not said anything uh, about CNN, even though we were mailed uh, two of the devices. Uh, he hasn't called uh, President Obama. He hasn't called uh, former Secretary of State or President Clinton. He hasn't called any of the people who received uh, these devices. Um, what's going on? Well, listen, I, 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 can't, I can't tell you what's going on because I'm, I'm not inside the president's brain and I'm certainly no longer inside the White House. But I, I think what is going on is that there's, there's a war declaration. And so when he reads a statement like the one that came from uh, uh, Jeff Zucker, he gets upset. He'll fire off a statement. Um, Jeff's statement, I thought, was fine. And uh, I mean, it wasn't derogatory or anything like that. He's just pointing out that the the heat is too hot inside the system, uh, but the president probably took that as uh, another salvo in the uh, the war that's going on between the White House and the media. And so for me, uh, again, uh, nobody's asking me inside the White House, but if they did, I would say, listen, uh, we have this huge opportunity. We're doing so well on so many different fronts economically. We're doing so well on uh, national security situation uh, very good progress happening on trade. We'll mm-hmm. likely get a trade deal done with China. Come on, guys. Uh, we could do better than this cosmetically. And just go back to Ronald Reagan, what Mike Deaver did for Reagan, uh, and set the new cycle in a way that's way more positive, and you'll see better results. Just to say, just to uh, people who don't know, Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN, put out a statement saying, not blaming President Trump for the bombs, but saying that President Trump and the White House press secretary don't understand that their words matter. This came in the context of CNN had been sent a bomb. Sarah Sanders put out a statement expressing concern for all those that received the packages, but did not mention CNN in that initial statement. And then the Trump campaign sent out uh, an email to supporters that attacked CNN. It was within this context that Jeff Zucker said the president needs to understand that his words 
have meaning. Anthony Scaramucci, uh, we thank you for your time. Just, just yeah, one second. I, I think Jeff. I just think Jeff's statement was totally fine. I just think because of the war declaration, that's why the shots are going both ways, Jake. That's that was my point. Okay. Well, I haven't declared war on anybody, and certainly when Don Jr. and his family were sent uh, a suspicious-looking powder, I publicly and privately expressed concern to Don Jr. because that's what human beings do. Uh, let's get it going in that direction. That would be my message to people. Anthony Scarborough, totally agree with you. Good, good luck you. with your book, and thank you so much for your time. Um, so let, let's talk about this all uh, with our panel. Um, and uh, uh, Jonathan Weissman, uh, let me start with you, just because you have become something of an expert on anti-Semitism in the last couple of years, and you've written a book about it. Um, what's your take on, on the ugly environment of the, that we've seen uh, revealed uh, in the last week? You know, Anthony Scaramucci just called the cosmetics, talked about cosmetics, um, how President Trump could burst through 50 percent if he could just deal with the cosmetics of this. It's not cosmetic. If you if words do matter and if you foment hate and if you actually feel your the, the anti-Semitic or the bigoted followers feel they, that you're on their side, you are not just doing something cosmetic. You are actually doing something very real. I think what's happening right now is a product of the last three years uh, or more, but is now bursting forward. I've been warning about this for months, and now we're seeing it. Uh, David, uh, you're from Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, uh, first of all, did you know anybody that was hurt? No, no, but, you know, in Pittsburgh, I was talking to Nina about this. Nina's from Cleveland, Pittsburgh. It's not like Philly, Jake, where it's a big city. Pittsburgh's a very small city. And uh, heart goes out to lots of those folks there. Obviously, the city is uh, is rallying around, but it's it's an incredible tragedy. It should never have occurred. Um, and to kind of push back on what Jonathan said and echo what Anthony said, you know, this president has, you know, to, to what you said, you, you, may, you may feel, Jonathan, and you've got a different experience than I do as a Catholic guy. But this president took incredible grief for standing with the people of Israel. Globally was condemned for standing with the people of Israel. You know, I'm, I'm, Jonathan, you can't shake your head. I mean, he took. I will. He, he, I will listen, shake he took, my head. He took, the the he argument took, yeah. over whether the president stands with a government in Jerusalem. No, not a government people, in Jerusalem. But the Jewish people in the United States right. is a you, so different you think, so argument. You, you think he's not standing for the people of Israel by moving? But no one's talking but, about Israel. We're not talking no, about no, Israel. But, 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 we okay, but the, Jew, the Jewish. The, the, okay, the diaspora writ large, you don't think it matters? You don't think it matters that he has grandchildren who are Jewish or that his cabinet is half Jewish? Or as, or as Anthony points out, Mezuzah, half okay, okay, we have Mnuchin, you had Cohen, you've got other folks there, you got mezuzahs in the White House. <laughs> This is a guy who, uh, you, you could call him a lot of things, but anti-Semite isn't one. Nobody's called this, him an anti-Semite. This crazy, the crazy guy who did this was rallying against Trump for being controlled by the Jews. That's right. I read his social media post. Let, yes. let's, let's bring in a I would say something that Donald Trump could do. He could start hauling in the executives for these social media companies that Absolutely. allow this speech to thrive on their platforms. Yeah. That why, is why something productive that could be done. Gab exists, just for people who don't know, Gab is where this guy posted mm -hmm. this shooter uh, in Pittsburgh, posted a lot of social media posts. Gab um, pro proclaims itself to be 100% you know, free speech, a platform uh, unlike Twitter, uh, where you can say and do things that you can't do on Twitter. And that has meant, in practicality, that it is a he place where a lot of white, white nationalists and Nazis go. Just to, I just wanted to explain. If you have platforms that tolerate hate speech, you get hate crimes. You think, That's what you think, happens. You think that, it, that that environment fosters yes. somebody Absolutely. actually acting? Absolutely. Yes. What, do you, what, what do you think? 
I think that there is virtually no way to suppress the Internet. You know, Wait. after Charlottesville, after Charlottesville, a, a number of organizations stood up and said they were going to root out the Daily Stormer, the neo-Nazi website. And then for a time, the neo-Nazi website, the Daily Stormer, disappeared. It went into kind of the dark web. And then it reappeared under dailystormer.name. Basically, we have to win the argument in the public sphere because we cannot no. suppress but here's so, so, so well, I want to bring in Nina, but before, but before before I do, Nina, I just want to, the last post of this shooter uh, was uh, against a, a Jewish uh, refugee agency that actually, if you go on Twitter, you'll find out they helped uh, CBS anchor Bianca Goladriga and her family uh, immigrate, Julio Yaffe from GQ, uh, the writer uh, Gary Steingart. Like, this is an organization that helps immigrants come into the country and settle and become successful in those three accounts. Anyway, he wrote... Uh, this is his final social media post. Hyas, that's the name of the group, likes to bring invaders in that kill our people. I can't sit by and watch my people get slaughtered. Screw you, optics. I'm going in. That was his last gab post. Yeah, I mean, words create worlds. I mean, I agree with Jonathan. We cannot, you know, there used to be a saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will, or names will never hurt me. No, words create worlds. And not that the president is responsible for any individual's reaction or actions, but he is responsible for the type of climate that he has created since he started running for president to this very point. And, and, and when Scaramucci said, you know, the president is not perfect. Well, you know what? None of us are perfect. We're not looking for perfection, but we are looking for decency. And that is what this president fails to exhibit time and time again. He'll say one thing when it's written for him all nice and neat by his staff. But then when he gets into these rallies, his true nature comes out. So he does have to take some responsibility for the type of racist bioclimate that we find ourselves in, which, Jake, is not new. This is, and you hear me say this all the time, this is in the DNA of America. So I'm surprised that people are surprised. What is happening is that what is in our root as a country is bubbling up now, and that's what people are surprised. Every generation we have to be fighting to eradicate racism and bigotry. So, so Jake, not, not, not to address Amanda's, I want to go back to what Amanda said, right? I get approached in airports and other places as a Trump supporter as a voice of the president. And most people come up to me and say, I, I don't agree with the president, but you do a fair job defending. Let me tell you X, Y, and Z why I don't. Very few people come up to me, none to date have come up to me and yelled and spit vitriol like I get in Twitter. Right. When you're faceless. Well, no, no, my point is when you're faceless and you're anonymous and you're sitting in your home in some remote place in America, it's very easy to spit hatred. And, and, and that's and, the Internet. And, yeah, but it's the Internet. But my point is that that vitriol, I'm sorry, that that vitriol builds upon vitriol and allows people to think, well, it's OK for me to do that. This is kind of like the broken window theory of policing. If we don't push back on the small broken windows that occur on the Internet, and it allows bigger crimes to occur like this. If we don't push back, and, and I know Hugh Hewitt got a ton of grief for this by saying, if you're pounding on Mitch McConnell's table in a restaurant, you got to say no to that. Because it, it, it gets groves and groves, and it allows people to be more and more hateful. you got to push back at okay, every level. I think we forget it was only, what, five days ago that Trump said, I am a nationalist. And he can pretend he doesn't know that there is a national conversation about white nationalism. He is playing Dumb, with stu fire. Yes, yeah, I want social media to be cleaned up so people stupid are responsible, but yeah. I want the president. The president to spent the whole day trying to clean it up. So, so Jonathan, uh, I know I know something that happened during the campaign that you thought was really interesting as somebody who's been something about a scholar of anti-Semitism and dog whistles and 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 the rest uh, ha happened right here on CNN when President Trump talked to uh, Wolf Blitzer. Now, this is after Julia Yaffe, who 
I mentioned just a second ago, had written a profile of Melania Trump. Uh, and it, it wasn't a nasty profile. It wasn't a particularly friendly profile. It was just a profile. It was a journalistic profile. After which Julia's, uh, you know, Julia's Jewish, and she was targeted with a whole bunch of very nasty anti-Semitic imagery about, you know, putting her in ovens and the like. Wolf Blitzer asked on uh, then candidate Donald Trump about this. Take a listen. These anti-Semitic. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I don't know anything about but, that. You but mean, your message you mean should fans be, of mine. Su- su- suppose that fans of yours hey, posting these you know, I, I know very angry. You'll have to talk to them. But about your it. message to these fans is. I don't have a message to the fans. Why do you think that's important? I think that's important because time and time again, when the president has been given an opportunity to stand up forthrightly and condemn the hatred around him, he has shown diffidence, reluctance, or that kind of thing, that it's not my fault. You know, at the same time, Melania Trump was confronted about Julia Yaffe's profile and the absolute anti-Semitic hate that rained down on Julia. And her response was, Julia provoked it. That is not standing up for the things that we like to believe America is about, which is pluralism, democracy, love thy neighbor. And he has gotten the chance so many times and so many times he has just let it slot by. And the fact that he has, you know, Jewish folks in his family, you know, again, as Scaramucci brought up, that's just like saying, you know, I'm married to a black person, so that makes me less of a racist. Some of my or, or best I'm, friends are Jewish. Right, or some of my best friends are Jewish or Hispanic or indigenous. You know, what is in this man, man's heart, i.e. the president, comes out time and time again when he doesn't have a script in front of him, and that is what we are dealing with. We are in a moment of transcendence in this country, and either we can continue to work to create a more perfect union, which we have to do every generation, or we can regress, and I see regress. Yeah, look, I just, I don't, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe the, the president loathes his Jewish grandchildren. No, no, no I didn't I say. Believe it. I don't no, believe. Uh-uh. It. Okay. But, but, but I don't believe. Urban, loathes, urban, okay, don't I'll, say okay. that. I didn't no say that. No one thinks okay. that. I didn't. I didn't, believe, I didn't I'm gonna not, say this. How about, I, I don't did believe, not I don't say believe that. that. Okay, Nina. I don't believe the president. No, it's loathes, not just. I did no, not say that. I'm not trying to characterize that. Okay. I don't believe the president loathes Jewish Americans. Or listen, listen, Jonathan. Or I don't believe the president supports. Anti-Semites, anti-Semitism. What do you think? What are you actually accusing the president of? Because I, I gave am, it to specifically yeah, address that. The argument is not over what is in, in President Trump's mind. We're not calling him a racist. We're not calling him an anti-Semite. We don't know. What I am saying is the president has shown a reluctance time and time again to shun his supporters. Right. And his supporters, as, as Andrew Gillum said, I'm not calling you a racist. I'm just saying that you're, the racists think you're a racist. That's right. This is a case where the anti-Semites believe that he is on their side, and he hasn't pushed back hard enough to say, so what do you I am to say not today? What with you. Today? He, said, I he needs to have a clear yesterday. answer about David Duke when he's asked. He needs sure. to not toss broad words like nationalism when we know what his supporters in the dark corners of listen, the Internet the take from it. Listen, he has to clean that up. And if he doesn't, he is allowing it to continue. The president missed an opportunity with Wolf right there to do, back in the day to say that and correct it. He should correct it. The president should stand up forcefully like he did yesterday and condemn this and condemn the but actions. Do you, but, know, but, you know that the last the last advertisement of President Trump's campaign for president talked about global special interests as the Jewish yeah. faces of Janet Yellen, George Soros and I think we Lloyd have Blank we, Fine went by, went by. I mean, and that's not a dog whistle. That's a vuvuzela, as somebody. Let, let me do we do we in a control room. Do you have that element ready? Because I, we did. We talked about this. OK, so he, this is this was the last TV ad that President Trump and his campaign ran right before 
uh, the election. And as Jonathan Weissman accurately points out, uh, it uses the imagery of three individuals who are predominant, who are Jewish, Janet Yellen, then the Fed chair, Lloyd Blankfein from Goldman Sachs, and George Soros, who, who is a billionaire financier and funds a lot of liberal causes. Uh, let's just take a little look at that. For those who control the levers of power in Washington and for the global special interests, it's a global power structure that is responsible for the economic decisions that have robbed our working class, stripped our country of its wealth, and put that money into the pockets of a handful of large corporations and political entities. I mean, that sends a shiver down my spine. It abs- and you know what? We can dismiss it. But I'm not, I'm not, not, not going to dismiss it. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Let me try to explain it, perhaps. Right. So Goldman Sachs, there's an ad for Wall Street. Janet Yellen, chairman of the Fed. George Soros, billionaire left left wing guy. That's how I see the ad. But there's language. It, it didn't have Sheldon Adelson, billionaire right wing guy. Because it's a because it's a because it's a it's an ad against Democrats. Not but against see, Republicans. That's, that's part of that's that's that. Ad against Republicans. We can deny it. We can deny it. We can deny it. But the Listen, fact is, I mean, let me just say this. Here. we all agree about one thing, right? It's a terrible thing. This is all terrible. It needs to be dialed back. But Here's something we also haven't discussed. We should. The mental health crisis that's raging in America, right? Because none of these folks are healthy people that did these acts, right? None of these people I underlying mean, underlying they're crazy. None that, of these people did the, this. The question is the question is whether or not any of them are being juiced up by what they're yeah, hearing Jake, from their leaders. It doesn't leaders. matter what they're juiced this up. It matters that they're not the being taken care of. The man that constructed the pipe bombs was in control of his faculties enough to construct. 12 right. pipe bombs and like send them out. When the president uses language like the press is the enemy of the people, there are people in America who will take that as a Amanda, cue to go to war with the press. Amanda, wait, no, wait. Uh, everybody no, said, we, we, let's, let me address that. Everybody in the work can. of that guy said he was insane. Yeah. This is another thing. See something, say something. The guy's driving around with a van that looks like, that's shouting, I'm crazy, I need to be institutionalized. And no. nobody, and his, you know what his boss said? His boss said he was crazy, but you know what? He showed up for work, so I like him. Mental health crisis is real. Yes, sure. It's real. But, but all of this should not be laid at the feet because, I, you know, I it's know people who have. But still. There are a lot of time, people. Every let, time let, let, us say, let us say this. There are most people who struggle with mental issues yes. are Ooh, not violent, you, do not do Absolutely anything violent, and, and, it's, and it's wrong, to, sti- anything, it's wrong to stigmatize you. them. I'm sure we all agree with that. I do agree with that. And then. You know what? This politics, we should, people should do everything to win, but not anything to win. And we are living in a climate right now. I agree with that. I agree. Where too many politicians, President Trump included, are doing anything to win, and they don't care about the fallout. But but no Democrats either? Everybody's got disarmed. Everybody's got disarmed. Listen, I just said far too many, but he's the president of the United States. Can we talk about the ad for one second? Do you really think that it's just a coincidence that the three symbols of globalism and special interests screwing the working man and woman are Jewish. Do you really think that's just a coincidence? I I, I said I was explaining the ad the way I I was trying to explain it. I didn't see it. I didn't produce. I mean, I didn't. I saw it. I didn't produce it. I don't know what's behind the thinking of it. I'm just giving you another opinion on the ad. Okay. I don't know. Listen, I I don't know if it was deliberate or not. I didn't put the ad together. Follow white nationalist language that they borrowed language from that cesspool. And you see it bubbling up much more than you think. You see it bubbling up. 
on Fox News occasionally. All this like last night. Well, I'm not here to defend last night on Fox business. business. I'm yeah. not here to defend Fox News. You yeah, asked but, me about the ad, and I'm right. just trying to give he's you. A, trying to, he's trying to explain. I'm just trying to ex- right. explain. But you think it's, you think this is potentially innocent explanation that Listen, they're just picking I, I, I people? Do, I think no. it's particularly innocent. I do. I absolutely it's do. deliberate. I mean, these things. There's a whole science to this, Jake. Let's not delude ourselves. That ad so was they deliberate. Pulled, you think they had Frank Luntz? It was deliberate. Well, we don't know that Frank Luntz. Frank Luntz is Jewish. I know, but that's my point. That's the point. As a as a scholar of this, and I'm not making light of that when I say you wrote a whole book about this. Do you think it's possible that it's a coincidence that those three individuals, other than Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, that those three individuals that the ad singles out are Jewish? In, in the same way that like the, the Kevin McCarthy tweet about Bloomberg and Steyer and Soros is a coincidence. He just happened to mention two people are Jewish and one with a Jewish father. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, Sheldon Adelson, who has, is also Jewish and is also very rich and is also funding a political campaign, the Republican campaign, has failed to show up in any of this. I haven't seen well, anybody talking about. I haven't. I haven't seen Democrats uh, railing against Sheldon Adelson for spending fifty, sixty million dollars to reelect a Republican conference. Conference. I'm sorry. I actually, if you look back at the campaign, the 2016 campaign, a number of times. I don't know who it is. A number of times we saw very, very strong evidence that somebody in that campaign was swimming in the alt-right world. When that picture came up of Hillary Clinton on top of the Jewish star with I think money. we have that element, too. Let's put that up so just so Jonathan Weissman, so people know what they're talking about. It was a tweet that the president sent out, and it had, uh, it was actually, and that meme was actually taken from an anti-Semitic website, I exactly. think. Exactly. Somebody, that did not... It was not by accident. The manager wanted to be a platform for the alt-right with Breitbart News. And so there it is. There, so there it is. Now, on, the, on, the, on the left is the Trump tweet. And it's, uh, it's about uh, Goldman Sachs and money. And it's a Jewish star. And then they redid it with, uh, with a circle. Um, and then the initial explanation from the Trump campaign was that the Jewish star was a, a sheriff's star. So, so they, except, no, it they, came, except it came out of an anti-Semitic website. They are trolling around looking for these images. You know what? M- many people would see that and they're not see- and they wouldn't understand it. But if you're in that world, if you're in the world of the alt right and you see that, you know exactly where it came from. Well, then that's the ar- and that's the so, argument so with, Jake, the, so Jake, with the yelling blank fine. Oh, listen, Soros I, I imagery. listen, I understand your point. I will tell you at that point in time, Dan Scavino said he did it. Dan Scavino told, said he cut and pasted it from uh, uh, not from an alt right website, but from a Microsoft uh, whatever. And I can't tell you, you know, we can go back and pull the, 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 the print from it. But Dan Scavino owned up to it. it wasn't some grand conspiracy. He put it up and admitted to it. So is Dan Scavino still in the White House? Uh, yes, he is. So, 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 but you're, but you're, so you're saying you're accusing Dan Scavino of being anti-Semitic? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, but, so, so, um, <laughs> we let him push back. The, the, uh, you are a Republican. You're not a Trump supporter, obviously, but you're a Republican. When you see all of these things, and, and David doing his level best to try to explain this is where this happened, this is how this happened, none of it came from David, but he's trying to give the Trump point of view. That's not what the intention was, I'm sure. Do you, do you buy it? It's not, it's not I, David I, I per se. I don't think it's, all this uh, is a coincidence. I know for sure that President Trump likes to stoke controversy, and he really doesn't have any moral objection to going to these places. He doesn't mind if we fight about this. How many times? Both sides after Charlottesville? He, 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 he doesn't mind. And so yeah. my question is, I'm no longer looking to President Trump to do the right thing. I hate, after all of these tragedies, we look to see what the president says, because he's never going to soothe the nation. I'm looking for other people to step up. 
and have a better message. Is I'm there looking anyone? for. Is there anyone? I'm looking. I'm looking. Isn't everyone looking? Are we just going to let Donald Trump dominate the conversation? Well, you're, in the you're worst a Republican. Way. Are there other Republican senators that you find say the right thing? Are there? You used to work for Ted Cruz. Does Ted Cruz say the right thing? Is there anyone you're no, seeing I'm fill looking, the breach? And I, it baffles me why no one is stepping up to that place because why, there is I, a vacuum. It's all so what, did the, what did the president all, say all yesterday? We're all passionate I mean, here. Go ahead. It, it's, it's just politics. Again, it goes back to the point, doing everything to win or anything to win. There is a big difference. And so most of these folks who are in these offices, all they care about is their election. They don't want to step on their so-called voters by chastising people and coming out strong against racism mm-hmm. and bigotry. We need that kind of leadership at all times. And, and you know what? If they lose an election over it, so be it by standing up and doing the right thing. Loser. I agree. There's no place for it in the public square. It should be it should be widely condemned. Listen, what, what, why is hate so prevalent? I mean, to Jonathan's point, why is it so prevalent? Where did it start? How does it stop? How do we get back? Stephen Carter, professor at Yale, wrote a great book about civility, right? How, how do we get back to civility in the public square? How, how does that happen? Well, I think social media plays a huge role I, here. I and as long as there are companies that don't mind making money off hate speech, and, and look, it will this, continue. Yeah. And that's why I wish someone would do something and, and, and hold them and, accountable. And, 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 and Governor Schwarzenegger said this, too. And people look at this as kind of simplistic. But redistricting every 10 years makes seats safer and safer and allows yeah. congressmen to be crazier and crazier and say yes. more and more things that are not in mainstream. We draw these districts that are very left and very right and no check on anything. All of the hate that we've seen in terms of the three incidents we talked about this this week uh, were from the right, far, far, far right. Um, but Jonathan, you know that there's anti-Semitism and bigotry on the left as well, and we see it. And I'm not equating the two, and I'm, I am the moral equivalence police out there. I'm not saying it's the same thing. But Lou Farrakhan uh, is out there uh, calling Jews termites uh, and it, preaching hatred. Uh, and he is somebody who recently was on stage with several former presidents at a funeral. That was shocking. I mean, it was, I, 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 you know, I, I go around the country talking about this, and I talk about Louis Farrakhan as, as, as bigoted and as horrific as anything you would see. What comes out of his mouth is as awful as anything you would hear coming out of David Duke's mouth. It's pretty much Richard the same. Spencer's. It's yeah. pretty much the same. And, but I like to say, look, Farrakhan's, Farrakhan's power kind of peaked in 1995 with the Million Man March and has gone downhill. That line that I've used was so undermined by that image mm-hmm. at Aretha Franklin's uh, funeral of Bill Clinton sitting next to Louis Farrakhan. It made me sick. Um, it really did. And I think that, look, the left needs to be speaking out as forthrightly as the right. No question. No question. Again, but I'm not saying it's the I, I same see- thing, but... I'm not saying it's the same thing, I mean, but but how? But how can? But why would why would it be tolerated on either side? Look, in term, it shouldn't be. But in terms of Aretha Franklin's funeral, I don't know who's on the invitation list. You know, so somebody being at Aretha Franklin's funeral is not the equivalent at all about what's going on here. Not at all. Gonna, no, and I know you're not saying. We that, all agree with this that. This is this is making me feel some kind of way. I will say this: that both the because we continue to see these things through left and right. Let's just see it about see it through the lens exactly. of humanity. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That that every this is all about how strong of a Democrat are you or how strong of a Republican are you when it should be about how strong of 
of a person are you to stand up for humanity? Preach. I'm saying I, that, that's that's exactly. what this is about. Exactly. Is right. It is amazing in my travels what I see, how I see bigotry itself yes. has become a partisan it's issue. It's a partisan that if issue. If you stand up against bigotry, somehow you're a left wing lunatic. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I'm or, not talking, right, or, or right or right wing because I will say in my travels too, I've seen this kind of stuff at the hands of Democrats. I mean, there's a candidate right now, Javanka Beckles, who's running in California, where we know two Democrats can go head to head where images of monkeys are coming out against her at the hands of supporters of her opponent, who's a Democrat. So nobody has a premium on whether they can be racist or bigoted. But what we do have to do is stop seeing everything through the lens of what what, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, and see it through the lens of what kind of country and, we want to be. And, and again, what kind of people and, and, and again, we want to be. Again, propagated, 100%. propagated and stoked by faceless, nameless folks on social media. Right? Everybody gets played. So um, on, on that note of, uh, of agreement, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, it's tough to have these conversations. Well, we do, but Jake, but I'm glad that but we Jake, are. But to this show's credit and our yes. credit, you know, Nina and I talk, we go, we leave, we, we're yeah. friends. I'm no, friends. I, I, I just want to so, say it's... Unlike the discourse that's being had on social media that's where right. people get to shout down people, call them horrific names, and they vanish into the ephemeral. So none of us are going to look at our social media accounts for the next two days after this conversation. <laughs> but thanks one and all for being here, for speaking from the heart. We appreciate it. This massacre took place in Squirrel Hill. Now streaming exclusively on Max. A new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking. Call Me Country. Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.